Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry. And if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Well, hi there. I'm Adam. And I'm Ben Anton. And we welcome you to our April edition of Real Estate in the 608. Episode 4, Season 4. Yeah, Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast where each time we bring in a guest to talk real estate with us. We're going to discuss some of the potentially this month solar-related headlines of the day. Oh, that sounds like foreshadowing to me. We're also going to recap the highest and lowest price sales in Dane County. We're going to enjoy the top-of-the-hour tip and the market update from our friend Asher at Lauer Realty Group. Are they going to do the same thing where they give us a, a question that they're going to answer? I believe we have a question on file from one of our favorite listeners, Carrie. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. On the podcast, we also surround ourselves, like Asher, with people smarter than us because, <laughs> hey, I don't know everything. Do you, Ben? <laughs> I do not. So it's important that we bring folks smarter than us. And Phil Plort, president of Blingling and Associates, is one of those people. A division of Dairy.com. He'll be in touch with a look beyond the 608, perhaps an Arizona spring break inspired look mm-hmm. beyond. I'm starting to sense a theme here. Uh, another theme that we have is, since we're in the 608, we feature local music from artists right here in the 608. In between all of the clever and unique things we say. Yes, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Adam. And I'm Ben Anton, broker associate with the Lauer Realty Group, landlord, and as of late, uh, pretty deep into the renovating. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I hope we hear a little bit more about that. Well, there will be. All right. Well, I'm Adam, just a homeowner, regular guy, teacher, user experience architect, used to be on the radio in Madison, but now I do the podcasting thing. I hope you're having a good user experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could talk about it. You could also vote us into the best of Madison because... We made it, at least this far. We made it on the ballot. Right. We had, we were nominated, thanks yeah. to many of you, to be one of the the best of Madison local podcast. I don't know if I've ever achieved that status. I've certainly worked in radio stations <laughs> that have been there, but I don't think it's been a close personal tie like this. Well, I voted for all of our guests. There are both Adam and I and the podcast, or the podcast is, is, is an option for best local podcast, but several of our guests also appear on the ballot for Best oh. of Madison. So let's get to vote. So vote up and down the ballot, real estate in the 608, right? Well, it makes sense that it's a nice sunny day in Madison that we're recording this because our guest is Sam Donisky with Renew Wisconsin. Renew Wisconsin is partnered with Madison with a U, is the city of Madison's with an O. Initiative to expand solar energy for homes and businesses. All right. I'm super curious to learn more about this. Like solar's always kind of been like that thing out there. Do I want to do it? Can I do it? Is it going to cost too much? I think we're going to get some answers today. I think we will learn a little bit about that. Cool. What's been going on since last time? If I had to share the thing that I did the most of, it would be hardwood flooring installation because oh. that that nearly took... Your life? Several. No. <laughs> so we're mid-April. It took a lot of the end of March and, and the beginning of April to lay 
six hundred feet of, of of maple flooring. It was oh. it was hard work. How's your like your how's your? This is going to sound like two old men. How's your back? How's your knees? For me, it was more of a knee problem okay. than a back problem. Even though I I had my knee pads on, I was yeah. geared up and ready for it. But these old bones, just you know, it's like that's a young man's work. Yeah, is what that is. And so, I usually say that about roofing, which kind of got a haunch over in both of those occupations because you're <laughs> like you know I hope you didn't use like a hammer and nail and you had a no, you know, I had some the, pneumatic tools. I borrowed the pneumatic tools from <laughs> from former hardwood flooring installer Dave Polkowski. He got out of the business probably because it's a young man's work. Yeah. Always nice to have a friend like that who has all the good gear. Got all <laughs> the gear. Doesn't use it anymore, but you can borrow it at any time. Exactly. So thank you, Dave. Yeah. Not a ton been going on for me, so I'd use this space to reiterate. Vote for us in the Best of Madison Poll if we haven't mentioned that yet. That would be Adam's... Adam looks really excited about... <laughs> I'm kind of jazzed about this. Because all those years he was reading the traffic and the news and the weather together, <laughs> nobody voted for him. Did not really pay off, but there also wasn't like a news reporter, well, a radio news reporter. I think there yeah, was TV personality. He didn't have a category. He's finally got a category. I know. Let's make his dreams come this true. could be my one shot. <laughs> That's what's been going on since last time. Uh, what's been going on from the headlines? I'm gonna. We're gonna wait. Okay. We're gonna wait because the head. One of the headlines I wanted to share was about what will be Dane County's largest solar array. But I wanted to bring that up with our guest Sam. <laughs> it's probably and got talk, some inside talk, line see, on it, right? <laughs> because there was a little like not everybody wanted it. And in the same way, you know, some some people don't like wind power. And it's like, well, come on, guys. Like, isn't it's like, sitting right there? It's why like, don't we use it? Oh, you ain't going nowhere. You belong right here. You like it. Here's the other headline. Okay. We've kind of been following this. The Paisans building up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The the owners of the building that housed Paisans and the and the many floors of offices above it have put in for a permit request to tear it down. Okay. So this was one of the buildings, like big building, old architecture, seemed like it was crumbling. Paisans had to close down, the apartment was closed down. Yeah, shortly after the seaside condo collapse yeah. in Florida. Then this building came under scrutiny and uh, has been open, then closed, and closed, and open, and then closed. And now the now the owners have asked if they could tear it down. So when do I get to go to Paisans again? I guess is the question. Well, you know they own that other restaurant. Yeah, that's true. What's what's that one called? Uh, uh, Portobello. Yeah, Portobello on Francis. Okay. If you want to show your love? You can head over there. All right. They still got a cool wine cellar in the basement there. Maybe I'll maybe I will go <laughs> sooner. I'll be in the basement. All right. Okay. So those are our headlines and one forthcoming too. But what about the highs and lows? Black Earth, Wisconsin, ten twenty seven South Mills. For those of you who do not know the streets of Black Earth, that's a left the shoebox. Sells for $125,000. So that's a two-bedroom, one-bath, 1,100 square feet in an 1864 home. That's about, about as old as they get, right? It's about as old as people kept track of it, really. <laughs> but you start to think about, like, well, what made that house so cheap? Pretty much because it was so old. Like, at some okay. point, houses get to be so old that they don't have the things people want. And then the other thing about 1864 homes, and I have one um, on Livingston, they're just wonky. Yeah. They have seen so many years of remodeling and adjusting and updating that, that oftentimes it is difficult to get down to the bones. And then when you do get to the bones, 
they might be a little wonky too. That we, yeah, yeah. We, we didn't have sheet goods. We didn't have dimensional lumber. We didn't have oh, all kinds geez. of things. You know, that's when you're in the basement and you look up and you see tree trunks, and that's that's okay. <laughs> It really is okay. Is it? okay. Sure. I mean, trees but, will last. Lumber you know, will last as long as nothing's up. Every one it. of these floor joists above us was inside a tree trunk. Mm, so true. So it might as well be a tree trunk. That's okay. <laughs> How many houses do you think are still around from 1864 in, let's just say, Dane County? Uh, just a few. All right. What about the highest? Okay. So this highest could very well be a contender for the highest price sale in, in at least recent history. Because last year we, we had like 2.25 million was yeah. the highest of the year. We've already surpassed that. We're at 2.3 million. Oh, wow. And this was, this was interesting because a lot of times those really high priced houses take a little bit to sell, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this one, no, a couple days. Ask price, 2 million. Sells for 2.3. So I get three hundred thousand dollars over three hundred. So a, you know, a little more than ten percent. I would say that most everything I'm seeing sell, uh, including this one here, is selling for more than ten percent over ask. Uh, competing offers: cash deal, four bedroom, five bath, sixty four hundred square feet. It's a big one. Ten percent over and had three hundred percent more tray ceilings than I'd ever seen in a single home. Oh, what's a tray ceiling? That's like where that where it's where it's like the normal height at the edge, mm-hmm. but then in the middle it goes oh. up higher, but it's still flat across the top. I didn't know that had a name. A tray ceiling. Those yeah. are kind of like hallmarks every, of fanciness, right? Every single room had a tray ceiling, <laughs> and, and some rooms had like it was a bit. Is gauche the word I'm like? Gauche. <laughs> Overdone? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit like, okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that was like a new trick that they'd learned. Right. Now <laughs> we're going to put it everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Not always the best way to do it. Okay. So those are our highs and lows. We've still got a headline coming up in just a bit, but uh, we're going to talk to somebody interesting here. That, and, and within which we will reveal the extra headline. Uh, Sam Janiski with Renew Wisconsin here to talk to us about, again, Madison is the city of Madison's initiative to expand solar energy in both residential homes as well as businesses. It's time for Ask Asher and the top of the hour tip. Remember, we're accepting emails if you would like to ask Asher. We'll get to that top of the hour tip and then be right back with our newest feature, Dispatches from the Front. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. And it's time for the top of the hour tip on the phone with us today from the Lauer Realty Group offices on the busy and bustling Atwood Avenue. Asher Messino. Asher, we are going to reach out, or we have reached out already, uh, with questions that you may address during our 
Top of the hour tip. And we have a second question from Carrie, and it's regarding her about 115-year-old basement on the Near East Side. Carrie gets water in her basement sometimes, mostly in the spring, some years not at all. Her basement is not sexy, nor will it ever be. Should she be considering the installation of drain tile and a sump pump? I mean, my thoughts on it are that if if you don't have a sexy basement, you're never planning on finishing it, um, and you only have minimal water some years, I would say no. I don't think it's worth it to put in the whole drain tile and sump pump system. First, what I would do is be very certain I have tried other things. So making sure the grading around your house is appropriate, making sure you are always having cleaned out gutters and downspouts and all of the water is draining as far away from the house as possible. Those are the first things you want to do. In addition, making sure you always have a dehumidifier running in your basement. That's what I would do. And then if you still have a little bit of water seepage, but it's only like every couple of years or something, I still don't think it's worth it to do the drain tile and sump pump. Now that would change if you had a nice basement that you did want to finish one day or you did want it to be very functional, usable space. That would be a different story. Very much agree, Azure. 95% of the time, you can stop water from coming into your basement by doing things on the surface. Water does not want to run horizontally. It just, it just doesn't want to. Uh, it wants to go down with gravity. And and if you allow it to do so and make it happen naturally, it, it, it just won't end up in your basement. Um, the idea of the dehumidifier is also important because wet walls or damp walls are more likely to wick moisture. So if the air in your basement is dry, the walls will be drier. Literally, the contents of the concrete or mortar are drier and less likely to allow water or moisture through. Thank you, Asher. Thanks, Ben. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, Across the table from me is Ben Anton. And Ben, it's time for Dispatches from the Front. It's kind of like a summary of all the home projects you've been working on connected to several homes you purchased in the last, what is it, six months now? It's going to be six, seven months now. Mm -hmm. This one thing came up at two different houses on the same exact day. So I got a phone call from, uh, from Molly and I get a video from Aaron, and the furnace on Bashford is making a horrible noise. Oh, okay. Kind of like a whining, grinding sound. Motor problem? Exactly a motor problem. Yeah. A blower motor yeah. problem. Luckily, the HVAC guy, Rock Mechanical, was at one of Rhonda's rental properties, and we said, hey, guys, can we get you, uh-huh. can you, come, over to, can you come over to Bashford and take a look at something for us? Nice. So that very same day, we were able to identify both a faulty blower motor as well as, after a, a, a more thorough check of our furnace, a cracked heat exchanger. Tell me the heat exchanger. I'm not too familiar. Okay. So above the, the flames, mm-hmm. there's like a snaky, there's several snaky tubes All right. that, that capture the heat. Like by the time the fire and flame get to the top of those tubes, the heat exchanger should have captured most of the heat. But if there is a crack in the heat exchanger, that means that exhaust gases are getting into the basement space or the living space or wherever that Not furnace is. Not a good is. thing. Yeah. Not a good thing. Calling for a complete furnace replacement. Ooh. Okay. So this was an 80% efficient furnace originally, and it still vented out the chimney. 
Okay. All yeah. right. So you see, Rosie, we've talked mm-hmm. about chimneys and vents before because we've talked about regular hot water heaters and then high-efficiency ones that mm-hmm. direct vent outside. So what we are creating here is a situation where the chimney is now only servicing a single appliance. Because right. we're going to put in a new furnace, it's going to vent outside. It's far more efficient. It doesn't use the chimney anymore. So now we have this rather large chimney flue mm-hmm. that will be serving only a single hot water heater. Okay. What can happen when you orphan the hot water heater in the chimney Mm -hmm. is that the chimney itself can be too big to properly vent the exhaust gases. It's just air we're talking about here, right? It is, but let's imagine that it's like warmish air, right? Because it's from fire, so it's warmish. Yeah. But what if it's super cold outside? It might cool before it gets out. Oh, and that's, again, not a good thing. Not good because there's carbon monoxide, but also because the exhaust gases are very highly acidic. And if they get trapped halfway up the chimney because the cold air is pushing down, it can condensate or it will condense on the inside of your chimney. And that highly acidic vapor and condensation can eat away at your masonry so like your calcium and lime that's in your bricks and mortar starts eroding. literally starts eroding oh, because boy. the chimney is not lined. I had to ask the same question of a different house earlier in the day when I was taking down some old plaster and there was a there was an old pie plate in the mm-hmm. literally an old pie plate in the wall that was covering an old flue. Right? So I was like, how am I gonna make this wall flat? Well, I busted it out and I was able to see that the inside of the inside the old masonry flue was a chimney liner. So Mm. that is what we needed then to install on Bashford Street. So let's imagine you're getting a new furnace. It's higher efficiency than the old one. You don't want to orphan your atmospherically vented water heater into the larger chimney. So you are going to drop a liner. Gotcha. So what does that mean to you? 500 bucks. 500 bucks. That's it. it. It's it. You know, you're not going to want, you're not going to feel great about that because you just bought a new furnace. Right. But when your HVAC guy tells you, you really should have a liner in that chimney. You should do it. He's not, he's not lying. It, right. it is both a safety concern as well as a, uh, as something that will prolong the life of your chimney. And what's the, what work is the liner doing? It just, it's just smaller. Okay. All right, those are our dispatches from the front. Uh, it's time to bring in our guests. Let's give them a call. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam, his name is Ben, and we bring in our in-studio guest today. We're on the phone with Sam Danisky from Madison. Again, Madison with a U is the city of Madison's with an O, initiative to expand solar energy for homes and businesses. Renew Wisconsin is a local nonprofit organization working to grow renewable energy statewide, and they administer the program on behalf of the city. Sam found himself in Madison at the UW as an undergrad, graduated with a BS in atmospheric and oceanic sciences, and was an operational meteorologist. He moved away after graduating, then moved back to Madison with his family in 2016. He owns a house in the Orchard Ridge neighborhood on the west side of Madison, enjoys hanging out at the Union Terrace in the summer, 
and is learning to love his son, learning to play the drums. Oh. <laughs> so we know all of these things about Sam, but is he fun? Well, there's only one real way to find out, Ben. We've got to ask some questions and play ourselves a little game. It's a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a Madison history and environs trivia game. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree. Can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Sam, are you ready? I, I am ready. Closing the doors of its State Street location in 2012, this independent record store saw its owner and founder pass away in Florida in the fall of 2021. It was just announced this week that all remaining stores will close. Name this record store and the tagline made famous by the owner. Mr. G, the voice of the brand in decades of radio commercials. I mean, pretty much the only record store I know is is Best Buy or a uh, long, long time ago, my dad worked for a, a store called Musicland. And I'm pretty sure it's neither one of those, but I don't <laughs> know what it is. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Mad City Music. I mean, that's a good effort. Yeah, that was a good effort because we love local. We love in the 608. But the correct answer is. Say it with me. The exclusive company. Okay. First opening in 1955. Name Madison's longest running miniature golf course. My guess would be Vitens. Yeah, that's got to be. That is correct. In 1955, George Vitens had a vision of developing a multifaceted, affordable day and night family golf environment. I live within walking distance of Vitens. It's usually what I tell people when people ask me where I live. I say, do you know where Vitens is? And then I say, it's just a little south of that. It's the marker. Yeah. Have you have you visited? Do you take the kid over there between drum lessons? Ever since the pandemic, Vitens is like his white whale. Is is the pandemic over enough yet where we can go to Vitens is pretty much <laughs> where we're at now in our house. While the 2020 built nine megawatt solar array adjacent to Dane County Airport may be the most visible solar array interior to Madison, one year later, this Fitchburg solar farm came into operation. Can you name this Fitchburg solar array site currently the largest producing site in Dane County? That is the O'Brien Solar Array. Oh, well there done. There we go. See, right. like, that's two out of three. You're, you're doing great. Would you like to try the bonus question, Sam? Absolutely. Okay. How many of the 20 megawatt O'Brien solar fields would it take to power the Back to the Future DeLorean requiring 1.2 gigawatts of power to time travel? And I say oh, gigawatts. Which is its own little story because they meant gigawatts, but Doctor Emmett Brown said but gigawatts. He, he said it yeah. wrong, and they <laughs> ran with it. Yeah. So it's so so a gigawatt is the same as a gigawatt. How many of the twenty megawatt solar fields would it take to get to one point two? Well, at one point two one gigawatts of power. I'm trying to remember my uh, my Roman prefixes here, and I think it, it would be it'd have to be about sixty, about six sixty point five to wow. give you that to give you that final point one gigawatt. Wow! Excellent work, Sam. 
We are we are going to travel back to the future. Oh, as as I would say, what the hell is a gigawatt? <laughs> it's what a, Marty McFly would say in this situation. Well, what is a yeah. gigawatt? There, evidently, there was a there was a science officer on the set. You know, like to give the and he pronounced it gigawatt. They ran just with did it. Around. Oh, and it was. It's Gigawatt. It's movie history right Movie there. history right here. We're going to take a quick break for the market update, and then we'll be back with Sam Denisky from Madison and Renew, Wisconsin. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world that gives our listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Till then, sit back and enjoy and learn. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. On the phone with us for the April 2022 market update. Asher Messino. Our interest rates have gone up. They're sitting at around 5% right now. Historically speaking, it's still a very low rate. Seems as though there are a lot of people worried about rates, a lot of people worried about inflation. However, we are not seeing that change the demand in our local market here at all. I wouldn't be too concerned as a seller at this point. I would be thinking more about our regular seasonal markets. Yeah, I would plan to list your home prior to July. I I don't think we're going to see many buyers be deterred by mortgage rates going up at this point. I fully expect it to get busy again in the fall. Not quite as much as the spring, but I mean, we still have so many people looking for housing right now. Well, and I hope I hope to find most of them still looking, and I'm sure I will come May when I just went down my little list today, and I'm going to be a busy boy with a bunch of new listings. So I would imagine we're going to see significant new listings in May or on Mother's Day is kind of a, a benchmark sometimes, and I don't think interest rates are going to play much of a role at all. Thank you, Asher, <laughs> and you have a great day. Thanks, Ben. You too. Bye-bye. Listening to real estate in the 608 Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Find us online at in the 608.com. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. On the phone today, Sam Denisky with Madison Solar. It's a solar program as well as Renew Wisconsin. And Sam, congratulations. You have proven yourself to be a fun guy. Not only a nice guy, but a fun guy as Sam, well. Sam, the nice guy. Yeah. So congratulations <laughs> and thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Madison was in the news just last week at the Ace Apartments, which is the former Cottage Grove Road Sentry site. So 124 kilowatt system was installed on the roof. To give this like, make this more like human scale, Mm -hmm. 124 kilowatts would produce enough energy to power 1,240 100 watt incandescent bulbs. Or... If you use an energy-efficient bulb closer to 15 watts, that's 6,000 LED bulbs. 
And for those of you keeping track, now this is one million Ace Apartments to power the DeLorean. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) So we can see that there's a good amount of energy that you can capture even from the top of a medium to large size apartment building. What kind of power, Sam, can I find or can I capture on like an average city of Madison house? Let's say it's got like a 1,500 square foot footprint. My favorite analogy that I like to use when we talk about solar, especially for, for homeowners, it's kind of like going into the gap and saying, hey, I need a, I need a pair of jeans. And the, uh, the clerk's saying, well, our average size is 34. <laughs> and say, well, that doesn't apply to me at all. So every house has to be fitted sort of customly to its electrical consumption. It doesn't really have anything to do with the square footage. I've seen very small houses use a lot of electricity. Similarly, I've seen uh, large houses, especially new ones that are maybe really energy efficient, use use fairly small amounts of electricity. Uh, generally, though, the average size is, is we, we typically tend to use five kilowatts, mostly because it's about the right size, also because it's a nice, easy number to uh, divide by. So, uh, you know, five kilowatts or 5,000 watts will typically be about 12 to 13 panels, depending on the exact wattage of each. And each panel is about the size of a typical door. So you can kind of envision, mm. you know, about how many panels you might need on your home. I look at homeowners usage first. Then I take a look at their rooftops to see, you know, if there are trees needing it or other things. And then we can kind of, you know, pinpoint, you know, maybe maybe you can't do your full amount, but maybe you can do like 50 or 75 percent or something like that. That's still a pretty substantial amount. That way we can, you know, customize a, a size array that'll offset a good amount of your electricity and allow you to maximize your return on investment. What's the question that people are coming to you and asking first? The, the trends are, are moving all around. Right now, I, I would say we're kind of about half people that are really concerned about like the environment and maybe climate change. And equally amount are just want to know, like, what's my return on investment time? How much is this going to save me? I think I, I it, to me, it doesn't really matter. Like either either reason is good. Either reason is valid. You should be doing it for both reasons. But yeah, we're seeing just as many people doing it because they're concerned about you know air quality or climate change mm-hmm. as there are people that just want to you know reduce their electric bill by a lot. I mean, MG and E's rates went up, Alliance rates went up, and and that is actually good news for solar owners because you're offsetting those uh, retail rates one for one for the most part with your arrays. In a brief understanding of your website, I wanted to make sure that we touch on what I believe to be your three or primary focuses, which is the group buy, solar for business, as well as the backyard solar grant. The group buy, would you say that's the most popular aspect of, of Madison? Yeah, you know, the group buy is, is the, the residential program. We've been uh, going now since 2016. Uh, the business program started in 2018 and the backyard program started in 2019. So so each kind of sub program or, or branch of the program, if you will, um, satisfies a different need in the community. But yeah, the residential program is just more just because there are more individual homeowners in, in the area and you know, we're really lucky because Dane County actually is is way ahead of the curve in some of the other parts of the state in terms of solar adoption. And, and that's a combination of 
you know, the fact that we're, we're a community that, you know, not only cares about, you know, the environment, and, but also cares about our own self-sufficiency as well. Uh, most of our listeners, let's assume they are residential uh, homeowners. Uh, what, what does this group buy mean to them or offer them? First and foremost, the group buy makes it really, really easy for a homeowner to go solar. There are a lot of people out there that probably have never purchased a solar system, myself included, sadly. A lot of people just need extra education on the topic because they you know, they haven't done it. There, there are things like, you know, um, uh, uh, home buyer classes, right, for first-time home buyers. Um, and, and that's kind of the service we provide. So we make it really easy um, by getting a lot of homeowners together at the same time. We are able to bring down the price a little bit. Typically, that varies between about 5 to 15%, depending on uh, what kind of array you install and the size of the array install. And then the last thing we do is we vet the solar contractors for you. Now that solar is gaining in popularity, there's a lot of companies moving in from other areas of the country that may not have homeowners' best interests at heart. And and that's fine. You know, they're running a business. But what we do is we select the best contractors, qualified contractors, reputable contractors that we know are going to do a really good job and are going to offer you a really great price for the materials and the quality of service that they provide. Listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, ben Anton's right across the table from me on the phone. We've got Sam Donisky with Madison Solar. That's S U N Solar. Uh, also, Renew Wisconsin is kind of like the. Is that who you work for and you deliver the program, Madison? Am I getting that right? That's correct. So, uh, Renew Wisconsin, uh, we are a renewable energy advocacy organization. Most of the work we do is is renewable energy policy work. We do some legislative work as well. And then we also do some programs and some kind of education. Is solar usually one of the first things that you should think about when it comes to energy efficiency in your home? So, I love solar, obviously. If, if you've been listening so far, you can tell I really love solar. Um, but we actually like to tell people that you know, you should make other upgrades to your home first, make it more energy efficient. And the reason for that is the, the cheapest kilowatt hour you have to purchase is the one you never have to make to begin with. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if your home is filled with uh, old incandescent light bulbs and, you know, uh, uh, appliances from the 70s and things like that, I'm you want to upgrade that first because then you have then you'll you only need to purchase a smaller array, and then your uh, ROI time is going to be much, much shorter. So we, mm-hmm. we like mm-hmm. to, you know, obviously we talk about uh, renewable energy generation first and foremost, but in this setting, I really like to hit home the importance of energy efficiency, because if you do that first, then you can purchase a smaller array and your return on investment time is going to be much. If I'm talking about my investments and I've started to save for college and I started to put money away for retiring, like... At what point does someone get to the to get to where they are comfortable, or where where would you argue investing in solar should lie? Is this something that is that only someone who is privileged mm-hmm. and has money should do or can do, or is this something that regular folks might be willing to consider before their four hundred one k is 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 ripe? You'd be surprised, but there's actually a lot to unpack in that question. So, first thing I want to say is. 
there there are financing options available for people that want to install solar. It's just like, you know, financing uh, siding for your home or a roof for your home or windows for your home, something like that. Second of all, <clears throat> these systems typically last about 25 to 35 years. It, actually, in, for some of the newer uh, components, some of the newer solar panels, we actually don't know how long they last. They have like a less than 1% degradation rate, which means mm-hmm. even like 20 years from now, they're still going to be making over 80% of the energy that they made from day one. Mm-hmm. So the, so a couple things there. If, if you plan on staying in your home for a long time, definitely think about solar. But even if you're not, you know, even if you're only going to stay in your home for like five or 10 years, you might want to consider investing in that because there are studies out that show that homes. Um, so, so let's say you invest in solar and your neighbor does not. And, you know, your homes are relatively similar size, similar age. Your home is going to sell much quicker and for more money than your neighbors will be because, mm. As a as a prospective home buyer, let's let's think about this from this prospective home buyer uh, standpoint. If you're looking at a home and you see, okay, this home has a, an electric bill of twenty dollars per month, and that one has an electric bill of one hundred and fifty dollars per month, like which one are you going to choose? It's pretty obvious. Come a little bit closer, hear what I have to say. You know, I had not thought about it from that perspective. Yeah. And, and, and you know, a few weeks ago, we saw interest rates go up almost a point inside, inside two, two weeks. That significantly uh, raised the, the cost of borrowing money. If I had the option of two homes that were priced the exact same and one is going to cost me less, like, of course, well, of course. It, it totally makes sense. And I would like, oh, yeah, I don't want to continue to pay more, so and I'll at, take this one. At today's 5% interest rate, that... $150 per month is about uh, 10, 10 to 15 grand. So yeah. that, that could very well be the margin that Sam talks about when he's saying that the home with solar panels is going to sell quicker and for more. I like the low maintenance idea. I don't have to get up on the roof and dust the panels off with a broom, I'm guessing. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Do you, Sam, need to dust off your panels? Or snow would be a more legit What do we concern. do? What do we about snow and dust? Yeah. Snow, snow is a very legit question. So I'm going to be super, super honest right now. If we get a snowfall, especially, you know, a big, heavy snowfall, especially a heavy snowfall followed by a cold snap, which we've, we've seen a lot lately, your panels are not going to make electricity. Okay. That being said, two things to keep in mind. One, you're almost always still going to be connected to the grid. So it's not like you're going to have to go into some a weird state of, of hermit, you know, lightness and, and, you know, have to like, you know, start making fires or whatever. Um, you know, you're still going to be connected to the grid. And the other great thing is, you know, even with the snowfall that we get in Wisconsin, typically the panels will, will kind of take care of themselves. You know, they're, they're going to be mounted to your roof. So they're mounted at an angle. They're typically black. So, you know, a darker color. There's always a little bit of electricity flowing through them. So typically Mm -hmm. they're going to melt and that snow is going to kind of slide off on its own. But like I said, you know, if we get a heavy snowfall, you might not be making electricity from your panels for a few days, maybe even a few weeks in some cases. But still, you know, the what, what I like to tell people is you can't get worried about specific 
hours or even or even days with your solar panels. You have to think about it long, long term. It, it's just like a normal, you know, mm-hmm. investment in a home. You have to think about this really long term. And and that's where solar really has a lot of value. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. His name is Ben. My name is Adam. On the phone, we've got Sam Donaisky, uh with Madison Solar. is a program that provides, well, uh, you to be able to hook up your house to solar energy, which is kind of an interesting thing. We'll pretend that I didn't just do this, but I did just do this, Sam. I submitted my name on the online form. What happens to a person um, <laughs> after that? So what we do is we take a look, uh, the, the Renew staff, the Madison staff, uh, take a look at your home. We give you a phone call. We kind of tell you what some ballpark figures are for price, for the amount of panels you'll need, uh, some of the uh, incentives and rebates you could possibly qualify for. Um, once that sounds good, if that sounds good to you, I should say, uh, what we do is we set you up with a, uh, onsite assessment with one of our solar contractors. They'll come out and give you a, a full proposal and tell you, you know, exactly how many panels you'll need at the exact cost and things like that. And then, you know, if questions come up during the solar purchasing process, we're always here to take your questions and we can hopefully answer any questions that arise during that process as well. Does the energy you're collecting from the solar panels, is that go into a battery or does that just go, you, we had mentioned like well, the grid the, the itself. Net, the net meter. It's the gonna, net meter. It's going to flow okay. out the house instead of in. Okay. Yeah, so batteries are an option, certainly. There, there's like two people basically at this point that I say that buy batteries. And those two people are one of one of the persons is that the kind of person that like whenever there's a new iPhone comes out, there's always that guy who has to have sure. like the newest iPhone, right? So it's it's someone who's like a tech person and always just wants the newest technology. The other person is I, I don't want to use the term prepper, <laughs> but uh, they're the kind of person that like wants the peace of mind that for you know on those occasions and when the grid goes down, they can still power their appliances, their their servers, you know whatever it is they're using. Um, it, it so it's basically people that you know want the newest tech. And people that want the peace of mind that even if there is a power outage, they can still use their electricity. Gotcha. But in most cases, it's just connecting right into the same power grid. So it's almost like invisible to your house. It's just connected to the electricity that you already have. It's like I like to call it like a virtual battery. You know, you send electricity outward and then you bring it in at other times. In addition to the solar panels, the other main component of a solar system is a thing called an inverter. And that's what converts DC electricity to AC electricity. AC Mm -hmm. is what our light bulbs and most of our appliances and things like that use. There are inverters now that can sort of what we call island from the grid. So if there is a grid outage and assuming the sun is out, you can basically island from the grid. So you could you could power up like your phone or your computer or other things that are really important to you that you want to do when the sun is shining. And then, of course, when the sun goes down, it adds like a normal inverter. Uh, but there are technology advances coming along all the time that are making you know the solar world just super fun to be working in. What comes of a solar panel or an array at the end of its life? When 
solar panels do uh, hit the end of their lifespan, they are recyclable. Um, there is a company in California that is actually um, turning this into a profitable business. I've actually spoken with some other companies closer to home here. Um, there's a there's a company in La Crosse that plans on they're, – they're an electronics um, recycling facility right now, and they plan to convert to basically be able to accept solar panels here in the next about five to ten years or so, which is probably going to be way ahead of the curve for where they need to be for most of the solar adoption. Yeah, but that's where the money is made, Sam. It's for those who get in ahead of the curve. That's, that's, that's one of our takeaways today. Think about that. Solar panel recycling. It's like, Benjamin, I've got one word for you. Plastics, right? <laughs> yeah. So you heard it today. I got one thing for you. Solar panel recycling. Invest in the recycling component. All right. Uh, All right. Maybe. Ben's dropping stock tips on us here, Sam. <laughs> so. so then not only are we creating a situation where our energy is sustainable and renewable, but we are relatively confident that the systems we have architected or that we've built, that they themselves are recyclable as well. Yeah, you know, most of the uh, elements that go into a solar panel are totally recyclable. Most of what is in a solar panel is is silicon, um, totally recyclable. Uh, it, it's typically just uh, tempered glass. You know, th- this is why I like to say that solar panels are, I'm going to use the Ron Popeil uh, quote, set it and forget it. <laughs> there's, there's very little working components in a solar uh, panel. It's just a chemical reaction. So there's nothing really to break down, which is why, you know, it, it, it's it's very easily recyclable. So we talked about a, a 20 to 25 year lifespan. And this this is going to be the question that many people have is, is am I going to be able to pay that off in 20 to 25 years? So I, I know you had mentioned that it's an indiv- individual fit with each house and not every house will be the exact same. But what does that what does the money look like on this? The typical payback for a residential installation is about 10 years. Um, That can that can waver a little bit back and forth anywhere from about seven years to uh, I mean, I guess you could go as far as you want. Right. (laughs) But uh, typically it's about 10 to 12 years, depending on. Um, who your utility provider is. If you're in MG&E territory, it's actually going to be about 10 years. It might even be a little bit lower than that now because of the the increase in the uh, electric rates. Um, If you're a business, that can actually go even lower. I've actually heard some businesses say they can pay it off in four years with, with like tax depreciation and things like that. So, uh, but, but, you know, kind of going back to the, to the residential side of things, you know, 10 to 12 years is, is a pretty safe estimate and I like to tell people, you know, we're on we're on a real estate show, right? Um, how do you calculate the return on investment for for windows or for siding or yeah. for you know? It's, it, it's, it's much less. It, solar is much more tangible than some of these other sort of home renovation projects that a lot of people are doing. At one point. There were significant uh, tax breaks, maybe even credits for people who installed solar. What what does that look like right now from a federal tax perspective? Yeah, so right now the federal tax credits for solar are 26%, whether you're a commercial business or whether you're a a residential homeowner. Um, Those tax credits are scheduled to reduce in 2023. Um, 
they'll go down to 22 percent. And then in 2024, they they go down to 10 percent for commercial installations and they go away completely for residential installations. So a lot of people uh, we, we've you know, I don't want to I don't want to pat myself on the back, but we've actually already seen more people sign up for the program this year probably because there is that possibility of the tax credits ramping down Mm -hmm. uh, this year than I've seen in any other year. Now, that being said, there is always the possibility that Congress can extend or even maybe even increase those tax credits. But right now, you know, we have to work with with known knowns. And right now, the known known is that that 26% tax credit is going to reduce down to 22% starting in 2023. Those, those birds are still in the bush, Sam. <laughs> so we'll, exactly. we will go with the bird in hand. Um, I'm going to say hi to Mr. Schmidt, my daughter's, uh, one of my daughter's teachers at St. Dennis, because okay. I stopped and talked to him briefly about solar panels. She said, you need to talk to Mr. Schmidt. Why he, would why, why talk loves, to Mr. Schmidt? He loves his solar panels. He's telling the kids at St. Dennis about his <laughs> solar panels all the time. Okay. And he told them about a 30% tax credit, which means he probably got on board years ago. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I said, what, what's the, you know, in hindsight, what, what do you wish happened differently? And what, what do you, what would you, would you have done anything different? Is there a question that you would have asked sooner? And he said, I would have got more. Oh, really? I should have got three more panels, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and well, he told a... me about his $8 electric bill. Oh, see, that's that. I mean, I'm, I'm all for renewables and like, you know, reducing the load. But like just seeing that money bill come in <laughs> as that low, like that is a super payoff for me, too. The, I mean, what I what I like to tell people is. People that purchase a solar rate are basically purchasing like 20 to 30 years of electricity up front. That's that's really all you're yeah, doing, right? That's a good way to put it. You know, like I said, we, you can't look at these on like a minute to minute or hour or day or even month to month basis. You have to look at it throughout the whole lifespan of the system. And, and that's where the big savings come in. Uh, I always tell people the best time to install solar was probably like three years ago, but the second best time is right, <laughs> is now. right now. Yeah, You know, that's exactly why I have so much toilet paper in my basement. Because <laughs> <laughs> not only was I able to buy enough to last me those same 20 to 30 years, but I bought it in today dollars. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. We're speaking with Sam Donaisky, uh with Madison Solar, learning about the uh, the Madison program that they have and the education that Renew Wisconsin provides. Are you taking on Apprentice for, so people can learn this practice as well? So we've been kind of expanding our relationship with the city since 2016. It's been great. You know, the city is really keen, obviously, to expand renewables because they have a 100% renewable energy goal, but they're also interested in this for, for kind of the same reasons that I've been talking about. A a big component is one of the two fastest growing jobs here over the next 10 years is going to be solar installer. And we we need more of these people. They're great jobs. They provide a a family wage. They they provide benefits, all sorts of other things. What we're going to do this year is we're going to provide uh, the, the city, I should say, has provided us with some money to go out into the community, look for folks that are, are looking to get into this industry and, and help them along the way, whether that be just mentoring, whether that be you know scholarships to learn how to install solar, whether it be maybe even scholarships to learn how to become a master or a journeyman electrician, because those those positions are really important.
important, as you can probably guess in this field as well, especially as we continue to kind of electrify our power system. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things that I appreciate is if you're designing a system and let's say, you know, solar panels and renewable energy are such the learning and the expansion of that system to sustain itself more. And that includes creating some jobs, getting people good wages when they're and they're learning a skill as well, too. Like that's that's one of the things I really appreciate from this. Well, and a skill that so easily transfers yeah. that that electrician, just <laughs> just like these solar panels, when the sun don't shine, that electrician that like can keep busy doing that regular old fashioned kind of electricity. too. Yeah. We put off one of the headlines of the day because there was actually a solar related headline today, Sam. So Dane County will <laughs> soon be the home to the state's largest renewable energy plant. That is correct. I, I, I did some driving months ago to back and forth to uh, Fort Atkinson and through Cambridge, and I saw, I saw you know, political signs, and there was, like some, there was some solar haters out there, Sam. Like, there with, are. With angry, angry, angry yard signs. And usually um, the angry yard signs I associate with electric power are keep your power lines out of my yard. Like the, <laughs> like the I don't want a high tension power line. The ATC line. I don't, want, I don't, line. Want, yeah. I don't yeah. want Like that was the, that was probably the top of mind, angry political electrical sign. But then I thought to myself, who gets angry about solar power? So clearly this has passed. <laughs> Indeed. It's going to happen now. <laughs> it's, it's going to happen. But there was angry people. What? I don't, I can't think of anything to be angry about capturing electricity from the sun. What's that like those like anti-science the, like people? The wind people, there. the wind people with the birds and the migration. And I was like, eh, <laughs> is that really a thing? I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to put words in other people's mouth. You know, people have reasons for liking and not liking anything. We have, we have a little bit of a running joke in our office that you could set up like a, a puppy petting station in your neighborhood and someone <laughs> would come out and like <laughs> object to it. Right. But you know, this is, you know, so we're getting into something a little different here. This is, this is a solar farm and that's a little bit outside of my knowledge, but what I can tell you is um, so, so last year, the Public Service Commission of Wisconsin had a, uh, a study commissioned that asked, you know, in an ideal situation. So we're, we're like, you know, uh, we're, we're able to wave the magic wand and just say, OK, that house gets solar because there's sunshine on it. That house gets solar. If we did, it's called a technically feasible study. What we what we saw from that is if you layered solar panels on every rooftop in the state, we get to about 70% of our annual electricity consumption, which is great. But even in the ideal situation, it's only 70%. So we're going to need some energy from other places and we're going to need it at different times of the day, right? Because as we all know, the sun does not shine 24 hours. The wind does not blow all the time as well. So um, with this um, solar farm in Dane County, it's called Toshkanog. It's going to be the largest uh, solar farm in the state. It's also, or one of the largest, I should say, but it is going to be, um, it, it's going to be one of the largest solar farms combined with energy storage in the state. And what we like to say is, you know, these devel solar developers are providing farmers or landowners in some cases with a way to keep that land in their family. So, you know, farms farmers have had, a really tough go as of late, as you can mm -hmm. probably guess. Mm -hmm. The utilities, the solar developers are not purchasing this land. They're not, they're not taking the land, anything like that. What they're doing is they're offering leases 
for the land for about 20 to 30 years. They're paying the farmers or the landowners a certain rate. Farm owners, the farmers are able to keep that land in their family. They're also even able to farm some some of the land as well. Let's take a break for Phil's phone in, and then we'll be back with Sam for one more thing. Time for Phil's phone in. Phil Plort is my business partner in Deacon Housing, president of Madison's Blimling & Associates, a dairy commodities consulting firm, a division of Dairy.com, and host of the brand new podcast, The Dairy Download. Keeping an eye on the faraway and diverse markets is what he does. Seeing how it might affect real estate here in Madison is what he does for fun. Here he is with a look beyond the 608. Hey, Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. What's the value of a zip code? That's a question that moved front and center for me after spending some time last month looking at homes in the Phoenix area. When heading to the desert southwest for business meetings or golf trips over the years, Scottsdale has almost always been the destination. On the map, Scottsdale looks like a suburb of Phoenix, no different than Tempe, Chandler, or Glendale. But it is different. Scottsdale is a little swankier than its neighbors. It features upscale restaurants and shopping. It has its own events, like the Waste Management Open on the PGA Tour and the Barrett-Jackson Auto Auctions. That comes with a price. Homes in Scottsdale are a lot more expensive than homes elsewhere in the valley. Shockingly so. We were staying at a VRBO in a pretty ordinary-looking neighborhood in central Scottsdale. On my daily walks, I saw nothing special 2,500 to 3,000 square foot homes that recently sold for north of a million dollars. A look at Realtor.com shows current listings in Scottsdale averaging more than $450 per square foot compared to about $250 in Glendale. On a zip code basis, we really don't have a Scottsdale equivalent in the Madison area, an entire suburb with prices nearly double its regional neighbors. Realtor.com shows the average listings in Wanakee, Middleton, and Fitchburg running within $4 per square foot of each other at $208 on the low end and $212 on the high side. Those places are a little pricier than Sun Prairie and Cottage Grove, where listings are at $175 and $182 per square foot, respectively, but the gaps aren't major. We haven't bought anything in Arizona yet, but we've decided that we're more Glendale people than Scottsdale people. That's all for now. Until the next time, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. My name is Adam Elliott. Uh, ben Anton is my co-host, and we've been hanging out here today with Sam Denyski with the Madison Solar Program. Sam's also with Renew Wisconsin. Um, Sam, once again, thank you for being here today. It's It's been very informative, and uh, well, hey, you've been a nice guy. The nice guy, He's Sam. He's been the nice guy. Our one more thing is generally, hey, how can people learn even more or get in touch? Or if someone's had their solar bone tickled today, what, where would you send them? What would, what's a good next step for them, Sam? That's a great question. Um, my A good friend of mine um, asked the same thing. He said, hey, I heard about the city's solar program. Who do I contact? He was texting me this. And I said, oh, well, you you call me. But uh, for those of you who don't have my personal cell, you go to Madison, M-A-D-I-S-U-N, solar.com. Um, on the top right-hand side of the page, there's an I'm interested button. You click on that button. Uh, you fill out a little bit of information, your address, your energy usage, things like that. So we can get a good idea of the size of the solar array you need. 
And then we give you a call and we talk through all of the things that we've kind of talked about today, or maybe even more. Maybe. Is that the button that you clicked, Adam? It is the exact button that I clicked, yes. (laughs) And I'm going to, I want to let Sam go, but at the same time as we're talking about clicking buttons and filling in information, I would guarantee that filling out that information request on the Madison website is far less laborious than voting for your favorite local podcast <laughs> at the Best of Madison. Uh, but now, Sam, you said you took the time, and I appreciate that because it is a poorly designed website, and it is hard to get navigate, and it was laborious to say the least. I thank you, though, for, for making your voice heard. <laughs> took a while, but I definitely voted for you guys, and I voted for a few other people until I got bored and sick with the format. <laughs> I think what you mean to say, it was a wonderful experience in voting for real estate in the 608 in the Best of Madison poll, right? <laughs> I want people, That's exactly what I mean, of course. I want people to know what they're getting into, and that it's like, a because it's not fun, it's like a personal favor I owe you one. Like I, I appreciate you both now and after you voted even more. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sam. I will put all of that contact information on the, on the uh, in the six hundred eight dot com adjacent your episode and uh, and thank you again for your time and uh, shining some light. Well done. Yes. Demystifying. We've been demystifying and shining light today on Madison with a U. Renew Wisconsin, and uh, solar energy options for your home. Thank you, guys. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you much, Sam. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam. His name is Ben. And Ben, I have one question for you. What was that, my friend? That was a, re- a kind of interesting yeah. conversation about solar panels. Learned some things that I did not know. I know. I got a new take on it. Um, most notably, that payoff cost was much lower. I mean, it's still uh, something you're going to pay money to do these to get solar panels, but it's lower, or at least the time to recoup the cost that you spent, the ROI, return on investment smaller than i thought it was right so buying buying the next 20 to 30 years of electricity that you need in today's dollars over the next 10 years makes financial sense kind of when you think about like framing it that way to say yeah you're getting a deal i didn't want to use the word privilege but like when when one has the privilege to buy five years worth of toilet paper yeah one does and one can, and that can be the smart thing to do for your family who either uses a lot of toilet paper or uh, has the money to invest in solar, which, as we learned, could uh, could increase this could somehow your house would sell even faster <laughs> uh, and for even more. Yeah, that's uh, a, I, hard hard to think about that in our market today. I know, um, right? But like it could sell faster and for even more somehow. It makes sense. I mean, the thing I remember you told me uh, a while ago is that 5 years from now your house probably should have an electric car charger in it. Yes, so it maybe should. that's a similar story that we're talking about here with solar Arrays. And you can charge your new Tesla with the sun. <laughs> Super cool. All right. I mean, that was a curious episode. And thanks again to Sam Denisky uh, with Madison Solar. Um, if someone were interested in a newsletter. If someone were interested in a newsletter, they could visit In the 608 on Facebook and click sign up. And they would be automatically 
registered for the 22nd 22nd Read, a newsletter delivered on the 22nd of each month in easy-to-digest segments taking no longer than 20 seconds to read. All right. Any secrets you want to unveil from the next newsletter? There's going to be some tips. There'll be a little bit more information about solar panels in your home. Like to hear about that. Maybe some market update information. Okay. We'll say uh, thanks once again. Sam Danisky with Madison, Madison, M-A-D-I-S-U-N, Solar. Um, And we've got the link to the website uh, connected to our notes here that you can check out. So thanks to Sam. Uh, Great experience Thanks, Sam. We talked a little bit about with Sam the the angry political signs. (laughs) Yeah. Which made me think of the uh, I'll buy your ugly house sign. And those scams, I see. I've seen those out there. No, are they just, are they real? They're just they're just people with a, just, with a line in the water. Okay, and here and here's my line in the water for you. I'll buy your ugly house. Oh, or Adam will. Maybe. Right? Like we're gonna demystify this right now. All right. People that call those signs, the numbers on those signs, are just people who don't want to like go through all the stuff. Who don't want to work with a realtor, who don't want to have open houses, or don't want to feel ashamed that their house is is neglected, or that grandma neglected, or that some yeah. it's just like it's just another option. So if you ever meet anyone or know of anyone who needs another option, Rhonda and I are gonna be looking here in a couple months. You know, like just just let me know. All right, benanton.com <laughs> or send an email through in the six oh eight. I just just like why should only people call those stupid signs on the, and the like or the billboards that we buy ugly houses? If you looked at the houses that Rhonda and I bought over the last six months, you might think they were all a little bit ugly, and now they're not anymore. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's acknowledge the musicians uh, that you've heard from today, which, by the way, um, Seesaw is one of the musicians you hear throughout our podcast. Yes. You know, there is a new band called uh, Wet Leg. Which is essentially they're they're out of uh, Europe, and they are sounds very European. They're making a big splash, kind of on the music scene right now with their leg. No, they are seesaw is doing what they do, except ten times better. And I'm just I'm saying this because I think seesaw deserves the national recognition that they deserve. Well, there we go. Yeah. I will. Let's let's all do our part to see that that happens. I somehow. think we should. Um, Bob Westfall, you remember he passed away last yeah. year. Um, there's going to be a kind of memorial oh, good. Uh, life celebration at the high noon June 5th for anybody who, who oh, appreciated him or his music. You could look that up on, on Facebook. I believe it's an event or you could find it online somewhere. But but yeah, so thanks to thanks to Bob and his memory. Uh, Renclaw, El Donk. Oak Street Ramblers and the Mad City Jug Band, and of course, um, thanks to you for tuning in and listening to us, uh, and for, for and for voting for us, and for voting us, and for <laughs> negotiating the laborious and poorly designed user experience that we know is the Best of Madison voting poll. Yes, which you can head to Best of Madison right now, and under the entertainment category, right? There's Best Podcast. Yeah. And there are, there's other competition out there. We do acknowledge that, but we hope that you vote for Real Estate in the 608. Because it's fresh right here in your mind. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Real Estate in the 608 is a podcast for homeowners, home buyers, landlords, tenants, people who just want to be better at living in a home. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 
or visit in-the-608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via email to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that pinball game? You're always playing at your favorite arcade. Could be taking the and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather Singing you this waiting song